Hi, I'm JT Angstrom with FreightWaves. Uh, welcome to today's FreightWaves Live at Home Sales and Marketing Summit. Joining me today is Brian Mann, President and CEO of Armstrong Transport Group. Today we're going to talk about selling in the agent versus the employee logistics model. Brian, this is something I know you know a lot about, so we're looking forward to this discussion. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I think this is a great opportunity to get some of the information out for the two models. That's right. That's right. And before we jump into the discussion around the models and logistics and operating procedures, can we talk a little bit about your background? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I was starting to think back of how long I've been in the industry or sure I've been in the industry to some, but I, I thought back and I started in this industry 18 years ago and I started as just a tracking and tracing person, just calling the trucks, getting the information. It's a lot different back then than it is today with all the applications and technology we have. Um, I still remember the Rolodex days calling carriers and making sure I get updates on the trucks. Um, but I started with a private company, a smaller family owned company, and I had the opportunity to really uh, learn a ton, but also spread my wings a little bit there. And that company was bought out by a large Japanese based uh, $15 billion company. I think that's where I learned a lot of the corporate structure. It's, it was a blessing in disguise, um, but I had the opportunity of breaking out, becoming an agent for one of our you know, larger competitors and learning the agent world. So I've, I've had a good mix of the company store versus agent myself. Um, but you know, after consulting for a couple of years, I joined Armstrong in 2014 and my old partner, we took this thing and started just growing it like uh, the weed in the grass and it's, it's taken off. So. No, and I know your 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 path to uh, becoming a revenue generating uh, you know employee uh, is a unique one, and it's a great story for uh, you to be able to tell if anyone's interested in it. So def yeah. definitely keep that one in your pocket. Yeah. Um, so now with that, can you talk to us a little bit about Armstrong, uh, how it differentiates itself in the marketplace, how uh, Armstrong behaves differently than perhaps other agent based models, and and what really makes you all unique. Yeah, so Armstrong, the, the, the what makes us unique really comes down to we take entrepreneurs and we give them the path to no risk, but high reward. And we do that, you know, our program's pretty simple. It's a 70-30 split, but we give a 5% bonus for the $20,000 margin above producers. Um, and we even have uh, programs where they can make more with certain uh, avenues of the logistics fields. And the one thing that you know, we do also is we take the company store model and we do have a mix of that as well. You know, the people who aren't ready to take the full jump to full commission, we have a, a company store model that's built in that we treat them like an agent and they're you know, located in Boise and in Charlotte. And they actually complement our agent base because we help, it helps build our technology with having a great testing ground. We actually call them, they're kind of like our redheaded stepchildren because they've always got to be the testers, but our agent model really differentiates because we have such a robust training program and we put a lot of effort into not just training an agent who just wants to move his or her freight. We sit there and say, hey, if you have the aptitude or you the want to add sub agents or to start a whole company office when it comes to having your own office with employees, we model it out for them so they understand the risk and reward and it's a huge opportunity for people who just don't understand how to take the next steps because we've already invested and done the next steps. We already have the risk that we're taking on their behalf. So we do that. And then the other thing that I think really differentiates Armstrong from our competitors is we are heavily into tech. 
We own our own technology. Yes, we use third parties that partner up with that the technology, but we have as many developers on staff, I believe, as we do accounting uh, people. So every day we're writing code and trying to figure out new ways to generate more efficient paths for operators to hand technology to the shippers and even to the carriers, because at the end of the day, the carrier base is as much as a customer than the shippers are. Yeah, that's awesome. And being able to leverage that platform and also the technology that's applied across a lot of different agent operations is really tremendous for an entrepreneur seeking to you know, generate revenue, but perhaps not run their own back office. And in addition to technology back office, you could also talk about finance and operations and other HR elements of that sort. I think to, to kind of set the landscape, um, given the, the broad nature of our audience, why don't we take just a quick step back and let's just talk about some of the nuanced differences between an agent-based model versus a pure company store model in terms of career development, building out a book of business, compensation structures in general, not necessarily Armstrong specific, but maybe at a, at a market level uh, in terms of structures as opposed to numbers uh, and some of the pros and cons of each of uh, the different models. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, being that we're embedded in both, we get a good sense of how they're both driven. Um, I always say that there's no better path than, you know, one path is better than the other. It really just uh, varies on your comfort level on, and also expertise in the market. You know, when it comes to a company store model, there's a lot of controls that companies have. You can have non-competes, non-solicits. You can say, hey, you must work 40 hours a week. You can also dictate just the different terms on compensation on ba based on a uh, experience level. And those things are all great, but you know there are downfalls when it comes to the company level. The company's taking all the risk with workman's comp, insurance, all kinds of different factors. So that's why the pay model is a little bit different. But the you know beyond the pay, it's also the company store model does have incentives in a just general market. There's a lot more training and opportunity there when it comes to continued education compared to the agent model. Um, but that's where Armstrong's trying to be different. We try to treat the agent where they can have a robust training program as well. Now, when it comes to the agent model, we flip cycles a little bit. You get to see the agent is an entrepreneur. There's somebody that wants to dictate their hours. They don't have a non-compete or non-solicit. Well, in our model, they don't. Um, and they also, they're usually veterans in the industry and have a relationship or relationships with multiple shippers that are very driven based on that relationship. Um, you know, when a company store model is built, that is a little bit different. Sometimes it's uh, siloed out. You have your capacity people. You also have account managers or you have sales individuals and they focus solely on those those factors of the business. Um, and they also are handed, a you know, most times a, a capacity rep is handed loads just to book. And it says there's no regularity to it. It's just, hey, let's get the trucks on it. In the agent model, there's a lot of cradle to grave to it. You are the person booking the freight. You're the person who's building the relationship with the shippers and receivers. And you're talking to the customer, asking them how their children are, making sure you build a deeper relationship than the company store model. Company store models, as we have them, they're more of a churn and burn. You wanna get as much freight in as possible. You're buying load count. In the agent model, they are dictated on what margins they make but they're also dictated on how long the relationship is with those shippers. So they put a lot more investment into maybe one or three customers compared to the company store model. Um, the agent though, base model, there are cons to it. Remember, they get to make their own hours. So 
you might have an agent that works two hours a day and then golfs the other six. And that's okay. As long as they're hitting the minimums and making their, their number needed and they're doing great for the customer they're servicing, that's fine. Um, the agent model, many agent companies, they don't offer insurance benefits because they're 1099 contractors. Um, you know, some of agents uh, models like ours and a couple other of our competitors, they found a, uh, a service called uh, American Workers, I think that offers a small package, which is good. Um, and then the agent model, there's a little bit more risk. If your customer goes under, you're, you've lost that tonnage of business, there is no commission there anymore. In an employee model, you do have the backgrounds and security of a day-to-day -day paycheck. If you lose a customer, most times you have to just figure out how to fit inside one of the other customer relationships. Yeah, I think that's a, a really tremendous nuanced background for those trying to figure out the differences between the agent and the and the company store model. I think that's it's really good color. And you, know, you talked about some of the training elements. I know um, historically the agents, while or agents in general, are clearly very entrepreneurial individuals, a little bit more risk, a little bit more upside, perhaps a lot more risk, a lot more upside. Yes, I know at Armstrong you guys also have a mentorship uh, component to. Um, you know, compensate for the, the traditional training elements of, uh, of the agent-based world. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you think about a, uh, an aspiring agent, if you want to call it that, um, learning from one who's, who's sort of already in the day-to-day? -day? Absolutely. So a lot of times we get applications. We get applications every day, tons of them, and we have to look through them and say, what is the experience level? What is the book level? Where are they located? And do they have enough experience to where we feel that they're going to be successful out of the gate? Um, and I'll be honest with you, out of uh, many of our applications, a lot of those we look at and we say, they're not ready yet, but we shouldn't just shy away and say, hey, they're not good enough for Armstrong. Um, we're different. We sit there and say, hey, well, we have an agent named Rex in Ohio, and this guy's in Cincinnati. So why don't we go ahead and partner those two up Rex gets the override of whatever small book he you know, might be starting with. But Rex is also going to sit there and say, hey, I've got an office you can go to if you want to. I'm going to set you up at the station. I'm going to put you around people who are going to help you be successful. And then the second thing is, is we're going to train you in a way that shows you the proper way to be an agent. And if one day that guy wants to spin out, we've had agents say, no problem. Let that guy spin out. Um, an agent, Dane in Oregon. He's had two or three of his sub agents spin out and they're with Armstrong today. And he would rather build a network with people he can work with within that uh, Armstrong than to see them spin out and fail or do something different and be com a competitor. So we do have that program. But also beyond that, you know, we at Armstrong, we have a program when people walk in our door, our technology is an excellent technology platform that allows them to be trained to build and do everything they need to do within a couple hours. And that's how quick and easy our system is. But we have continued education because I believe that's important. And that's how we mentor these agents down the line as they grow. We structure how you pay a sub-agent. We structure when do you take that next risk. And we look at all those factors and we help them get that opportunity in front of them. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code POD. 
That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Yeah, that's really tremendous. And, 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 and there's multiple benefits of that. One on, on the you know, on behalf of the aspiring agent to be able to really learn the business before jumping directly into the, the high-risk environment, high-risk, high-reward environment, but also for, for the enterprise, for Armstrong, broadly speaking, that's, that's a great organic growth machine to be able to build out your own bench and then put them on the field when they're ready. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's a great combination to have uh, together. So with that, you mentioned this uh, in brief a little bit earlier. Can we talk about how agents can then build out their own uh, their own enterprise or their own their own organizational structure, whether it's through having you know sub agents or or mentees uh, in training, or just an outright company store working for the agency. Yeah, so uh, we have mapped out all the different ways you can go, and like I said, no one way is right. You can sit there and look at all the transportation industry as a whole, and you know you and I have talked about that it's such a big industry, but it's a really small world. And we've all tried different ways. We've all been successful at plugging in different ways of how to do it. Um, one thing I can tell you is when we go down to training agents on when to take those next risk, because again, you're right, high risk, but super large reward. I mean, beyond you and I can even talk about and believe. But we always say, you know, don't ever change who you are. Never live outside of your means. If you're a guy that's an agent that's successful and wants to grow an office, and you want to add an office that's 10 people, well, we even structure it down to how many square feet you need. What type of desk do you need? How many computers do you need? And we try to mentor them into even that lowest of the component. Um, but the other thing is, is we also show them pay scales. If you can bring a sub agent, we get, we have a whole scale built out that shows them, here's the pay scale you pay them. It's way more competitive than any employee, employee market that they can go grab onto, but here's what your piece of the action will be. Um, then that's that's the 1099 subcontractor way. But then there's some agents say, hey, I want to I want to employ them. I want to have benefits. And we tell them, hey, well, here's how you structure your LLC. Here's who we use for our um, HR benefits and everything. We, we put that in front of them. Hey, here's the platform like Zenefits that we use when it comes to onboarding people. Um, we've had that all structured out and we say, here's what a capacity rep should start at in your market. Um, and even our HR group, we actually go out there and we do the first field of phone interviews for our agents. We, instead of them burning all their time, because I always tell them, be good at what you're good at. And if you're great at selling and operations, hiring is a different field. I'm not good at hiring people. My HR team is excellent at it. So I let them do the job and they phone interview and screen these people and then so on. And then same thing in the mentorship. That's how we find a lot of these mentorship uh, people and place them is through phone screening and figure out what these people want. Um, and we place them with the best market and the best professionals we can find. That's tremendous. And, and I think it's really uh, interesting or really hits home when you talk about, you know, focus on what you're good on, specialize in that, do a great job at it, really build out your business. And, you know, uh, given we're, we're, we're in our sales and marketing summit, let's talk about being great salesmen and salesmen and saleswomen, and, you know, in this industry, you know, what are the core competencies what are the requirements? What are some common personality characteristics, perhaps, uh, and, and maybe some of the, the core day-to-day -day activities you see in the, those who really excel in that field? Yeah, so uh, a lot of times when people ask me, even our agents or anybody that I've spoken to in other logistics fields, I say, hey, you know, when you're looking for salespeople, they've got to be high energy, 
They have to be able to multitask and they've got to have that personality. Some of us just don't have the personality. We're way better at just operating and managing certain things. That's okay because there's such a need for that. But when it comes for the sales side of things, it hasn't changed or evolved heavily when it comes to who that person fits. It's a personality driven business. It's a relationship building business. And you've got to be able to set yourself aside to say, hey, I understand my industry enough and I'm going to give you the best operations that I can give you that's helping me. But, you know, let's face it, a shipper is looking for how organized you can be, the best pricing and how much tonnage you can take off their plates. So, you know, whenever I you know, get that question, they always ask me, well, where should I look for salespeople? Well, you can look for college people who are really hungry right now who need it. That's absolutely, there's a lot of training in the background that you have to do with that. Um, I actually came from a bartending background, you know, of course, being in college, playing soccer, doing all those things. I had to make you know money to survive. So I was bartending, but that taught me a lot. The service industry taught me a ton about how to multitask, how to talk to people and just have a general conversation because people actually like to talk to you if there's something interesting you're talking about. But if you're just somebody that's bland, that's always going to talk about just what you want to get to. And that's, you know, salespeople have to stay away from just saying, hey, I want your business. This is what I can do for you. You've got to figure out a way to be interesting and stand out above the rest. So that's why I always tell them, find people who interest you. When they walk in the door, or you get on a Zoom interview and they bring up something within the first probably two minutes that really catches you. That's a good salesperson. Um, but we all know sales is changing. You know, the sales isn't going up to somebody and shaking hands. I mean, I, I don't think I've shaken anybody's hand in over a year. I've done a lot of fist bumps, but I haven't seen any hands or elbow bumps. Um, Virtual fist bumps. Yeah. So um, the Zoom calls are very important. It's becoming comfortable on camera. Um, be comfortable just talking to that person and being uh, carrying an interesting conversation is important. But then everybody says, well, how do I get on their schedule? Well, that's a tough one. You know, there's so many sales emails that come in my inbox, probably no lie, about 50 a day that people want me to join some kind of interview or join some sales thing. And I have to very well pick and choose what's important to me and my company. And that's a tough thing to do when you have so much coming in. But I will say this, the ones that catch me the most uh, are usually ones that put emojis in the sentence line. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm always like, man, how do I do that? Um, the other thing is just interesting topics that aren't about my company or theirs, it's some kind of news related article that comes across and I say, man, that was really interesting. I'd really like to figure out where that person found that article. That's, that's worked with me a ton. And then the other thing is when you're cold calling, take the opportunity a little bit to not be afraid to leave a message, but make sure that message is meaningful. And if they do answer the phone, apologize up front. I know you're very busy. I just want to see if you'll give me a 30 seconds to have a conversation or get on your schedule. Don't plan on a five minute call for every call you call. It's not going to happen. But the churn and burn is with a good salesperson. I always tell them out of 100 calls a day, 50 to 100 calls a day, you're only going to get two or three meaningful people to answer. And once that answer happens, you're going to hear probably two no's and one person will give you the opportunity to talk. So do not be afraid of hearing no. You're going to hear it more in your lifetime then you will hear yes. And if you can get the thick skin and just keep working at it and keep touching base with those people, you're always going to have success. Yeah, that's tremendous. And that really hits home, especially in an agent model, where as you, you, you've mentioned before, 
your book of business might be large in terms of freight, but relatively small in terms of number of relationships. So having a deep relationship is really, really impactful to retaining that, not just for the year, but perhaps a decade or longer. Yes, um, very good. So to that extent, uh, and, and you mentioned a lot of good uh, commentary around approach. I think with our with our last subject before we, we sign off, can we talk a little bit about how you think about marketing, you know, and if not just marketing, also like approach. And I know you just talked about approach in terms of the individual one-on-one -on -one interaction, but how do you think about marketing in this space, both at the enterprise level or the and or the industry level, knowing that there it is a very competitive landscape? Shippers, you know, if you're getting 50 emails a day for sales, shippers might be getting 75, right? Especially the large ones. Um, you know, because you know everyone in the sales industry and, and, and you know in, in truckload or in the trucking industry knows who the big ones are, right? Um, so, how do you think about marketing and marketing differentiation to generate leads? Yeah, so marketing is probably the most important key to success these days. I I, I think that people create relationships, but if you don't market it the correct way, you fail right out the right or out the bat. Um, so the one thing I can tell you that we've done a little bit different with marketing is you need to compliment your competitors. You need to take things that even your the mentors of your marketing relationships, such as you as the Freight Waves, we look at everything that you do and we read into it and we sit there and say, hey, this is a very important article to this group of shippers that we have. We need to send this article that Freight Waves has out right now and let them be aware that this is something that's happening in the market. You need to use the information that's put in front of you and put it in front of them. Now, some people will say, hey, what if it's an article that your competitor put out or a blog? That's not bad that you put that in front of people, but it's good to educate them to say, hey, I'm, I'm willing to look out there and be transparent enough that this is something that one of our competitors have seen out there. Don't be afraid to put that in front of them. Um, it's also partnering up with the right marketing people to help push you out there. There's tons of marketing firms out there. There's tons of people doing different things. I mean, we, we basically partnered up with like impact brands before and done some marketing on our website and changed how, how we come out with blogs and articles. And they taught us a lot. And then we moved on and said, Hey, we took that information and learned. And we even have uh, marketing material that runs through freight waves. And I think it's done a wonderful job. Don't be afraid to over you know, overextend and pay for good marketing. So I think if you market it on the right platforms, that's going to bring in sales um, because people are going to trust that you're using trusted brands. So I think that's very important. Yeah, that's tremendous. And I think a lot of those points really hit home. And we're certainly glad to hear that you've enjoyed uh, leveraging our platform. We work very hard to uh, develop it into what it is today and what it will be in the future. So with that, we're running out of time. Brian, it's a pleasure to chat. It's great to see you. Yeah, absolutely. Same with you. We'll be looking forward to having you back on again soon. Okay. I look forward to it as well. So I'm JT Angstrom with FreightWaves. Thank you for joining us. Brian Mann, President and CEO of Armstrong Transport Group. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day. Thank you.